broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We would like to call it Studio Q. Thank you to the Jewelers of Las Vegas for sponsoring the whole show. We definitely appreciate them. I'll tell you about them later on in the show. But a shout-out to my man Mordecai. And, of course, you can check him out at thejewelers.com. But like I said, I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. Got a couple quick text messages I wanted to get to, and then we'll talk to our guy Jake Ellenbogen, uh, talking all things Rams as the Raiders are in L.A to start joint practices coming up tomorrow. But real quick, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, is this true? I just read a report that the Raiders put tackle Brandon Parker on the IR. If this report is true, oh, man, that's not good. This is where depth comes into play. Wishing Parker a speedy recovery. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, unfortunately for him, man, uh, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck. Two years in a row, uh, he's been put on the shelf. So uh, the Raiders, they signed wide receiver Isaiah Zuber, a guy that, as many people have pointed out, oh, man, he used to be a Patriot. Yeah, he also used to be a Raider, too. So he, he's been part of the organization as well. But in the corresponding move, the Raiders placed tackle Brandon Parker on the reserve injured list. So that's ending his 2023 season with the silver and black, just like the 2022 season ended for Brandon Parker after the Hall of Fame game. Remember, he didn't play up to the Hall of Fame game, so – one game in the books, and Brandon Parker is done for the 2023 season. Unfortunate for him. Also, one more text. This one's from Rich in Oakland. He says, it can be argued, talking about running backs here, it can be argued that Dalvin Cook and Barkley are better than Jacobs. He turned down the deal. The Raiders made him. Sounds to me like he's just trying to milk the Raiders for every penny when the running back market is down bad. Please don't pay overpay Ziegler. Please don't overpay Ziegler. That's from Rich in Oakland. And, look, I think that Barkley – has an injury history, and I always say your best ability is availability. So uh, Josh Jacobs, even though he's missed a couple games, it's nothing like Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that Josh Jacobs is just as good, if not better, on the field as Barkley. I think they both bring a lot of juice to the table. I'll say this. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is highlighted more because he's in New York and also because everyone looked at Daniel Jones as a bust. At least I know I looked at him as a bust. And all of a sudden, the Giants gave him a two-year, what, $80-something million contract uh, based off the what he was able to do last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with the success of Saquon Barkley. So that's kind of where he's getting that from. And Dalvin Cook has just done it longer. He's done it longer and, and more consistently and been to the Pro Bowl more times, this, that, and the other. But he's also – been banged up you know going out with a torn ACL uh, he's had a few different injuries throughout the course of his career and you know he's 28 years old where Josh Jacobs is uh, what 24 25 so he's still a young dude and has plenty of tread left on his tires so that's what I would say I don't believe Dave Ziegler is going to overpay as a matter of fact he clearly has shown he's not going to overpay and this is not just a Josh Jacobs thing this is with everybody he brings in he's very disciplined they have a certain amount of money that they have set aside and said this is what we could put aside for this position or this player, and that's what they're going to stick to. That doesn't matter if it's a free agent or their own guys. That's what they've done, and that's, that's discipline, and that's honestly at the end of the day, even though some people don't like it and think that they're trying to you know, be cheap and, and disrespect Josh Jacobs, it's not that. It's just the way that they are handling business and trying to be a smart organization with their money, trying to be very smart business-wise and get the most out of every dollar that they have so they can build up the team to the – 
to their liking to what they feel like that they can go out there and win with. So, Rich, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. My man Ari back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio has indicated to me that we have our next guest on the line. That's Jake Ellenbogen, CEO of Downtown Rams and Believe in the Rams podcast. And, Jake, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. And, man, as far as training camp goes uh, so far with the Raiders in town, getting ready to start joint practices coming up tomorrow, what have you seen or what have you heard about this L.A. Rams team so far? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Q. Um, yeah, you know, this is a team that I got to be honest with you, going into camp here and, you know, the 40 rookies, that was the big thing that was talked about. They're going to have 40 rookies in camp. They're going to be young. Everyone's going to have a shot. Q, I'm here to tell you after the first preseason game, I kind of had this realization, not really everyone has a shot. And when you think about it, this team is actually pretty well put together right now. They feel like they know who's going to be where. And uh, obviously, you know, I was able to report uh, the John Johnson signing. I was pretty excited about that. And I think the Rams are definitely really excited about that. They got him on the veteran minimum to bring him back. Familiar face, knows the defense, knows the scheme, has the, uh, you know, familiarity playing alongside uh, fellow starter Jordan Fuller. But you know, in the meantime, since John Johnson wasn't really in camp, since, of course, he was a free agent, they've been giving guys like Quentin Lake. They've been giving guys like Russ Yeast. Uh, all these guys, because of the veterans that have been out of the team, uh, like a Jalen Ramsey, you know, moving on from Bobby Wagner, moving on from Leonard Floyd, they've had a really good idea uh, based on, you know, kind of the sample size they've received and and who's going to work and who's not. And so, you know, I'd say they pretty much know who's going to be their starting 22, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because that kind of goes against every narrative that we've heard about the team. But, you know, Q, I think really all signs right now are going to point uh, to Stetson Bennett right now with preseason going on. He is a he's a household name. Everyone knows him from his time at Georgia. And, you know, the question always is, you know, are these rookie quarterbacks uh, you know, these college quarterbacks with the success they had, are they going to translate to the NFL? And while Stetson started off his first drive against the Chargers uh, this past weekend, not on the best of uh, terms, you know, almost through two picks, he came right back at him and was able to deliver a touchdown strike to finish his first drive. So, you know, with all the rookies that struggled this past week, you don't want to put too much emphasis on preseason, but, you know, he's definitely one of the big names that comes up when you talk about the Rams at this point right now in preseason. Yeah, and I mean, looking at Stetson Bennett and the numbers that he was able to put up, we know what he was able to do at Georgia, but I mean, he threw for almost 200 yards and a touchdown going up against the Chargers. You know, what are the expectations for him? Is he a guy that if Stafford goes down with the injury could be, you know, break break glass in case of emergency and throw him into the mix? Sure sounds like it. Um, you know, I, I was able, you know, I, I reported that uh, Brett Rippin was going to start but, you know, basically a source told me, like, look, Stetson's still going to get his run. And starting isn't going to really matter at the end of the day. And it really didn't. Uh, you know, Rippon was barely out there. A guy that's, you know, had plenty of opportunities in preseason and even, you know, to play uh, in the regular season. And so they wanted to see what they had in Stetson Bennett. They have another guy by the name of Dresser Wynn who, uh, you know, didn't play. So they're really going all out trying to find what they have in Stetson. And, they really liked him as well as I can, you know, confirm they liked, uh, you know, the Raiders guy, Aiden O'Connell, who, you know, those are two guys they did extensive work on. They came to the conclusion that they wanted Stetson. And, um, you know, I think this is somebody that, you know, people need to stop assuming is just a backup. Uh, we don't know what he is. And I think on Saturday he proved, you know, this is somebody that is potentially going to stay in this league, whether he's a backup or he becomes a starter 
uh, down the road. You know, he has that if factor and, you know, he's definitely somebody that, you know, has that moxie about him uh, that, you know, we're going to burn the world down. You know, he gets up every day and, you know, people doubt him constantly and, you know, he's not really worried about other people. He just is going to go out there and prove it. And so I think the Rams really do like that about him. Uh, he's not somebody that feels like the game is going to be too big if Stafford were going to go down. And I think for all the criticism that a rookie gets for uh, whatever they do in preseason, they never seem to get the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, if Stetson, you know, has to play in the regular season, you have to keep in mind, he'll be throwing a Cooper Cup. Right. He'll be throwing to Tyler Higby. You know, he'll be throwing to Van Jefferson. He'll be handing the ball off to Cam Akers. Uh, he won't be throwing to guys that are fighting, scratching, clawing their way to try to stay on this roster. And so I think that's a really important distinction when you talk about that. You know, it's so funny. It almost sounds like you are talking about Raiders rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell. There wasn't a lot of expectations. There was a lot of curiosity when the Raiders drafted him. And then he went out on Sunday and played a hell of a game and looked like the, like you said, the moment wasn't too big for him. He was very comfortable out there. And so now Raider Nation is kind of like, wait, hold on. Let me see a little bit more of that Aiden O'Connell guy. I want to see what he's bringing to the table. So uh, there you go, talking about Stetson Bennett, former uh, Georgia Bulldog, obviously back-to-back national champion, now there with the Rams, and Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. We're talking with Jake Ellenbogen, uh, talking all things Rams as the Raiders prepare to take on the Rams in joint practices and then preseason game coming up on Saturday. And you mentioned John Johnson. I wanted to ask about that. You reported the signing for the Rams. How big and significant is that signing for, uh, for L.A.? I think it's very significant because John Johnson, it's easy to forget, especially if you, you ask a Cleveland Browns fan, they feel like they got hosed. Uh, and, you know, maybe rightfully so. You know, he was paid the most in that uh, free agency period by, you know, he's one of the highest paid safeties in the league, even still uh, based on, you know, the last time he got paid. So, um, you know, he didn't quite have the experience uh, that he had with the Rams. Um, you know, he goes down with an injury in 2019. He comes back. In 2022, I mean, he became, you know, an all-pro level talent. He wasn't all-pro uh, officially named, but um, this is somebody that really came on strong and really developed into a star. And the Rams, they didn't want him back for whatever reason. He wanted to come back. That It pretty much money talks, and I think really they just didn't want to give him the money. But uh, it's nice to see that it all worked out, and, you know, he'll be back with the Rams. Not the first time that's happened, of course. You know, they've brought guys back, like, uh, my co-host, I believe in Rams, uh, Cameron Lynch, they brought him back two years later after he was with the, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they they tend to do that every now and then. And I think John Johnson is just it's about getting somebody in there that can be a leader in a room full of a lot of younger guys. Um, but he's still, you know, this this guy might be in the league for a while, but, you know, he's still only, what, 28. So, um, you know, there is a you know expectation here that he's going to come in, come back to the way he was with the Rams. and. If that's the case, you could be looking at a contract extension for a position that really this team doesn't really like to pay. So uh, it's very interesting, Q. But, yeah, this is a this is a big time signing. And, you know, one of the big things, I think, is when you look at his ability to cover the tight ends, you're going to need that in the NFC West. You got George Kittle. Uh, you got Zach Ertz. You have, uh, you know, McBride as well. You know, a guy that they really like over uh, in Arizona. Um, and then Noah Fant, you know, with Seattle uh, in a bevy of other tight ends there with Disley and Parkinson. So, um, you know, it's going to be good to have him in those situations. And I feel like he really gave George Kittle kind of a run for his money when they faced each other back uh, when he was on the Rams. So 
Um, I don't think teams in the NFC West are happy about the acquisition, but I think the Rams are very happy he's back. You know, Jake, when there was all the movement going on, when Jalen Ramsey was headed to Miami, right, when when uh, when uh, the, the linebacker Bobby Wagner was on his way back to Seattle and it just seemed like this team was being dismantled, uh, the big national narrative was they're not going to be very good this year, but it sounds like there's a lot of nice uh, parts that they have right now, some nice pieces that they're putting together. What are your expectations for this team this year? I think playoffs. Uh, you have one of the best coaches in all of football. He's, he's still the youngest coach. He's already been in two Super Bowls. His one down year, it took just a, a lion's share of injuries, uh, just nonstop. You had half a year of your big three. Uh, you right. look at the big three, it's Stafford, it's Donald, and it's Cup, and all three of them miss half the season. So uh, it's hard to win football games that way. But, Q, what if I told you, you might not know this, most people might not know this, the Rams going into the fourth quarter were within one possession every single football game last year, except for the Chargers game. A lot wow. of people don't realize that. They were in every single football game going into the fourth quarter, and it came down to the offensive line, whether it was the 16 different combinations that they had to deal with, which is crazy in itself, or the fact that you know they were shuffling in different quarterbacks from Bryce Perkins, who had never taken an NFL snap in the regular season before, to John Wolford, who they had kind of given up on as a guy that could go, you know come in and win some games. So it was a lot of different things going on, and um, you know they were lucky to get 17 games out of you know Bobby Wagner and uh, Jalen Ramsey and Leonard uh, Floyd, but you know, even still, I mean, you know, they fought hard at the end and they only won five games. So it took a lot for them to get off track. And I think recently what Sean McVay kind of stated in the, in the pivot podcast, I don't know if you saw that episode, but you know, basically it was good things. If you're a Rams fan, you feel good. Sean McVay was not in a good place mentally or, you know, just at all about, you know, being a head coach. And, um, you know, he really had a chance to look himself in the mirror. And for the first time in his career, he faced some real adversity, not talking about getting over the hump of winning a playoff game. He did it the year after his rookie season, uh, not talking about winning a Super Bowl. He did it long after he he lost the Super Bowl. Uh, we're not talking about make, you know missing the playoffs and making it because he missed the playoffs in nine and seven, which, as you know, you know, in the six game, the 16 format, he would have made it the year after in the 17 format. No, this was real adversity, Q, where. You're talking about starting all sorts of guys, taking guys off of other teams' practice squads and so forth and starting them. And, you know, he did the most he could, and he really was spent. And so I think this year, you know, knowing that they go out, they get Mike LaFleur for the offense, uh, who is going to, you know, add kind of that Kyle Shanahan 49er, uh, you know, mantra to that offense using more of the running backs. It's why they went out and got Royce Freeman. They were hoping they were going to have something in Sony Michelle, and they drafted a running back in Zach Evans. But I think what all you know when it all comes down to it is that Sean McVay leaves no reason why you shouldn't believe in him. They have enough talent. You know, Aaron Aaron Donald is going to basically dictate how well this defense plays. If he stays on the field, he stays healthy, which he really has up until last year. Um, and I will say, you know, his injury, while bad, he would have played through if they were in a you know a playoff race. Um, but I think we oftentimes don't take into account. Q, you're going to have a Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald coming off nine games of which they didn't play. Right. So they're, they're they're chomping at the bit to get back out there. And they went bargain bin hunting. They didn't go after, you know, they didn't go the F them picks route. They didn't sign anybody <laughs> big. They didn't trade for anybody big. Right. But Q, I'll tell you right now, they feel really good about Akello Witherspoon, who they signed, bargain bin hunting. This is somebody that, you know, really looked like a top corner at one point. 
dealt with some injuries with Pittsburgh. He's back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. They're excited about Demarcus Robinson. They're getting these guys that are role players, but they're key to the team, guys that can stay on the field and have played, you know, good playing time. And now you go out and you get John Johnson. And to me, it nukes the narrative that they were ever going to tank. Well, I'll tell you right now, I remember that Thursday night game, Baker Mayfield. I had to go 98 yards, score a touchdown to win, and, well, the Rams did. I think all of Raider Nation remembers that game. That's something that, well, it's going to always <laughs> live in our memory, and it won't be a good memory, Jake. But, hey, you know what happened? Uh, the Rams, you got to give them credit, tip the cap to them for winning that game. But, uh, yeah, Raider Nation has still not gotten over that Thursday night there in L.A. We're getting, we're talking with Jake Ellenbogen here, talking all things Rams. So, as the Raiders are already in town, they're ready for joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday, what do you think are particular is, is particularly important for the Rams? Like, what are you looking for for in training camp with the with the Raiders, the little joint practices? So in the joint practices, because I'll tell you, if you didn't see the Rams preseason game, uh, they allowed 8.4 yards per carry to running backs. So <laughs> it, it would definitely be the run game. Uh, but since in practice, you're not going to really get to see that on display as you would in, in a game. I'll say the biggest issue for them definitely on Saturday is you want to see them uh, you know, not allow that same yardage, whether that's Zamir White carrying it or Sincere McCormick. I don't care. Uh, they can't give up 8.4 yards per carry this week. It just can't happen. So right. uh, that's what I would say is they, they had to clean that up uh, in the game. But as far as, you know, in the joint practices, um, I think you, you just really want to see how well they, they go up against, you know, guys like Aiden O'Connell that can contest the deep ball that, could, that are not afraid to, you know, throw it past the sticks and, um, you know, the big question about the Rams is, oh, well, Ramsey's gone. So how is the secondary going to look? And so, you know, no matter who plays quarterback for the Raiders, you know, if you're going to test that secondary, you want to see the secondary step up. And right now, I think the Rams feel really good about, um, you know, Jacoby Durant and, and the strides he's made, Akella Witherspoon and the safeties. But I don't think, you know, the mainstream is really caught up on that. They're, they're very low on the Rams secondary because yeah. obviously Ramsey left. So I think it's about proving themselves, you know, and uh, they'll be able to do that in September and not, you know, October, November, no doubt. Uh, but I think early on, you know, those clips will be floating out there. Everyone goes crazy over those joint practices because that's like the first time we really get to see, you know, some sort of starter versus starter, even if it is just a scrimmage. Um, but since those clips will be out there, you know, I think they'll they'll definitely try to you know make an impact and. Um, you know, there's some good receivers on the Raiders, definitely, that can give you a run for your money. We don't have to, you know, hash that out. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I would say the secondary. There you go. Well, hopefully, whatever happens in the joint practices, it's not like it was a couple years ago where they actually had to be called off because there was too many fighting going on, too much fighting going on. <laughs> there's no – there's. I mean, you just don't win. You don't get any kind of good work out of that, and I think these joint practices are big for both teams, so that's why they're more exciting as far as I'm concerned than even the preseason games. But good stuff right there, Jake. Just wanted to get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes when it comes to the Rams and you know, kind of what the Raiders are going to be going up against the next couple days there in L.A. and then get ready for the preseason game on Saturday. Saturday. So Jake, uh, downtown Rams, believe in the Rams. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah. So uh, currently I do uh, believe in Rams, downtown Rams podcast. I also do off the edge. So we did talk a little bit about the Raiders on there. We cover all 32 teams or at least try to. Uh, it's me and my uh, co-host Cameron Lynch, also a co-host of Believe in Rams. Uh, so we've been doing that NFL show now for a bit. And, uh, you know, we we touched Aiden O'Connell was one of our guys. So, nice. you know, we we definitely like the tape. Um, you know, I compared him to Goff. I thought he was very similar to Jared Goff coming out. Uh, you know, take that for what you will. But 
yeah, you know, we're doing that. And then, you know, I, of course, I have my videos over on YouTube, Jake Ellen Bogan, and I'm also on kick.com. Uh, I stream games. I do film breakdown, just kind of, you know, a variety channel. So if you're into that, uh, that's kick.com slash JK Bogan. Man, you are a one-stop shop. <laughs> that's what you are, a one-stop <laughs> shop. You got a little bit of everything covered, and I'm okay with that, man. Jake, great stuff as always, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Q. There he goes. That's our guy, Jake Ellenbogen, CEO of Downtown Rams, Believe in the Rams podcast, does a fantastic job. He's kind of giving a little bit of a preview. We'll have more previews of uh, the Rams as well and kind of a little update from Rams camp. We'll talk to Vinny, getting the updates from the Raiders side of things. But uh, Travis Rogers, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a he was a guest on JT's show earlier today. He does the radio play-by-play voice. I mean, hey, look, great minds think alike, apparently. So uh, it's funny. I'm glad it, it didn't work out the way it was supposed to work out. He was actually supposed to join us right there as Jake joined us at 4. He was supposed to join us today, but then he had to hit me back. It was like, hey, I got to push back till tomorrow. Let's do it at 3.30 tomorrow. And I said, yeah, no problem. And then as JT was closing out the show, I heard him say, shout out to Travis Rogers. I was like, wow, that's good. Glad that we didn't have him on the same day. That would have been a little funny. And we've done that before on accident, but that's just how things go. So he'll join us tomorrow to kind of give us a preview of the first day of uh, what he saw from the Rams in training camp. Vinny will tell us about what he saw from the Raiders' side of things. Plus, we'll uh, we'll talk some aces tomorrow as well. we got a loaded show already kind of lined up for you the rest of the week, so I'm excited about that. Uh, JT will be headed down to L.A., I believe, after the show tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because he'll be on the call just like he was on uh, <laughs> on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium doing the little play-by-play. And I had to I had to shout him out when I saw him in the hallway, hallway today earlier. I was like, hey, man, that was a great job you did on the play-by-play. It really was. It was cool to hear other people doing other jobs, at you know, and even hearing Jason Horowitz and seeing him on the TV side of things with Rich Gannon, thought that was great. Uh, but, you know, hearing JT and Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy all on the radio side of things – and the cool thing for me is during the, the pregame show, me and Donald Penn were at the elite, at, at Coors Light Landing right next to the torch, and we were talking to JT and Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy in the booth upstairs, right? So it's like, okay, what are you looking for in this game from way eyes in the sky? What are we talking about this game from ground level, right? I mean, it was, just, it was pretty cool to, just to kind of go back and forth, have a little interaction. Uh, and then hearing Donald Penn, and Lincoln Kennedy talk offensive line together. I mean, that's that's greatness in itself. And then I like to consider myself a DB by nature. So me and Eric Allen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just made a little move I saw in the camera. Hey, yeah, did yeah, I did. I did, I did a little, hey, a little Is that DB. that what a DB looks like? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. That's what I'm going to go ahead and stick with, right? <laughs> What do I know? I'm not even no athlete. Right, no doubt. You're you're not, but that's okay. So I I uh I, I felt like I we had that connection. Like it was Lincoln Kennedy was talking to Donald Penn, offensive lineman, offensive lineman. I felt it was DB to DB, me and Eric Allen. I'm just saying. One and the same. No or maybe it was just me and JT, radio host to radio host. Maybe that was that's more. That's a little more one in the same. Maybe yeah. that's more realistic. Okay. Just well. saying. I tried. Respect, though, yes. Y'all hey, both did res- a good job, by the no way. No doubt. No, it was Great a lot job. of fun, and we'll do it again on Saturday, uh, except for I'll do the pregame and the postgame show, and I'm not sure who's going to be co-hosting it, but I'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. will be coming to you live from the podcast studio, so I look forward to that as well. There's no days off in training camp. There are no days off. I couldn't tell you the last day I had off, Ari. I, really, I was trying to think the other day, and I was like, man. Am I on like day 13 or 14 when it's training camp? And Freddie Coleman said this last night while I was on ESPN. He said, yeah, you haven't had any days off, 
But realize training camp is about a month, and then you'll finally get, you know, you'll get some time off. But once training camp is over, then you'll be good. You'll get a day or two here and there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I just got to I gotta do like the players, man. I got to just buckle down, bear it, th- bear it. Got to get through it. Got to get through training camp, man. I'll be in midseason form by the end of August. <laughs> you stay in midseason form. No, Come man. On. No, there's, there's, you get, you get lulled to sleep, at, you know, during the off season where Fridays come, shows over, you don't have nothing to do Friday night. You call up Vegas, Jess. You're like, what's up, man? What are you doing? You I don't want off. you to push off on me tonight. I just really, I, you know what I mean? Like, don't hit me in the small of my back. Let's just hang out. You know, let's let's keep it cool. No need to try to square up against me. Come on, dude. So that you know. And then you just kind of kick it. Then you go get your haircut, or at least I go get my haircut on Saturday morning, hang out a little bit. But training camp, it's like, oh, practice on Saturday. Joshua Daniels talks at 745. Got to be, a, you know. <laughs> so Ari's texting me. Ari's texting <laughs> me. Something. What's going on, right? You know, testing out new stuff. And, you know, the thing about it is it's, it's preseason and it's training camp for, you know, everybody. The, the guys that are working at Allegiant Stadium, like that was the first time that we had been in Allegiant Stadium for a broadcast since the season ended. In 2022, so we're still all working out the kinks, right? And everything's not going to be perfect. But you hope by the end of training camp and the end of preseason, by the time that first broadcast for real happens at Allegiant Stadium, which won't be till week three, that's when the Raiders have their first uh, home game. That's prime time action against the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday Night Football. You're hoping all the kinks are worked out by then, and I'm sure they will be. I mean, the Raiders do a great job, and Compass Media does a great job with their broadcasts, and, you know, of course, the fans will be in the building, so we look forward to that, and Ari does a fantastic job with whatever he's doing behind the scenes because that's how you hold it down, so you do. What, what's your that gesture, by the way, I was saying we, like Lotus, like the team here. Oh, I know. thought you were just trying to give yourself some I'm props. I'm part of the team, so I was, if hey, I look, fail, they fail, right? I was going to I was gonna hey. give, give you some props, but you're right. No, every, you everybody behind the scenes, and, and it's a lot of people that, that goes into – putting together a successful uh, broadcast. I mean, man, if 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 the guy that's not standing right where you're standing right now ain't there mm-hmm. to press the buttons, nothing happens. There's a lot of sweating at that Right, point. right. There's I've a been lot. there. Yeah. <laughs> We've I'm all been there, recently. brother. <laughs> yes, we have all been there. There's no doubt about that. So I did want you to hear, speaking of DBs, I wanted you to hear from Duke Shelley. He was the guy that should have came up with the interception on Sunday in the end zone. He didn't, which led to a 49ers touchdown. The ball bounced right out of his belly and into the tight end's hands for seven. And as you look at the score, the Raiders won 34-7. So the only touchdown the 49ers got should have been an interception by Duke, by Duke Shelley. But uh, I wasn't available to get into the locker room following the game, but Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Chris Chapman, they were all in there covering it like a glove for us. Here is Duke Shelley after the game. You guys are finding an identity for this defense just one preseason game. Yeah, man, identity, like I said before, is just the psyche. Like, as a defensive unit, I know DBs, we preach uh, three rules, pick, pick you, and then the game tackle. So if it's on the everybody mind, everybody thinking the same thing, we, we, we can make plays like that. So we've seen the day for a little bit. Uh, I feel like we're just building that identity. As long as we keep going, we'll be good. We'll be good to go. How good were those first two stops for the defense? I know Lance hasn't played a yeah. lot lately, but to get him uncomfortable early on, how much did that kind of sort of ripple effect the rest oh, of the Oh, man, I shout out to the D-line. I feel like they came out, set the tone early. Like, stuffed the one game early on. It was, they came out first play, tried to go quick game. Amit was probably going to pick the ball off if he would have threw it. And then after that, it was just it was hunting up front. So, it was good just come out three and out, two drives to start start the game. I mean, you can't can't start no better than that. And then after that, it's just 
this is fun. <laughs> to, to get those turnovers, I know that's been a big thing for you guys yeah. during camp. A lot of turnovers. Yeah. It seems like it's been working really well. To get those two today to translate mm -hmm. into game action, I think it's happening. Yeah, man. We, I, we we got two today, but we left two on the board. Yeah. It, it would have been definitely to get all four of those, man. But um, it's, it's great, man, just to build identity of defense. You know, we harp on turnovers, something that they was, was lacking in last year. So coming in this year, we just – want to attack the ball best way we can get the ball back to the offense because like you see like you see today if we offense started with short field and things like that we definitely can turn those into points can can it be a good thing going on the road for the next little bit for this group i know, I know the crowds might not be full but you know, to go away from home and to kind of translate that you know, is that important for these next couple of games for you guys you mentioned the identity but to continue to build up oh yeah for sure i feel like it's going to be a big deal especially starting off the season on two two away games so just to get get comfortable in, in a different environment, see how guys respond and how they play, is, I think it's definitely needed. Um, this is going to be a good week for us, I feel like, going going out to L.A., um, get to spend a week with them and joint practice with them and a different type of offense, West Coast, more, more West Coast spread offense and things like that. So I feel like it's going to be a good test for us. It's going to be great. Over the past week against the 49ers, what would you say is the biggest improvement you've noticed just in the defense from getting a training camp against the 49ers? Uh, man, probably turnovers, forcing, forcing turnovers. Um, we're playing aggressive on defense. Um, and the biggest thing I see out there is just D-line, hunting. Like, you see, you got you got backup guys coming in and, and doing that, getting at the quarterback like that. It's just always great to have depth up front because you know it's, that's a physical that's a physical position. So, I mean, if we can have guys coming in and out and the ball don't drop off like like you see today, and we have to still get pressure on the quarterback. It's gonna be a long day for some guys. For sure. Duke, going uh, all the way back to the Springs organization, mm -hmm. has preached get pressure on the quarterback, yeah. get your hands on the ball, mm -hmm. forcing turnovers. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what happened today. Right. So you checked off a lot of boxes out. Uh, the thing is that what you guys have been talking about, Terry. Oh man, it's great. You know, when you harp on something like that, it's a, especially something like big, like turnovers, that's gonna change the game, like change out, outcomes of games all the time. So when you got uh, a bunch of guys thinking the same way, trying to get the ball out, like you see today, people going after punches, got two out, you know, cover one. So it's just even if you can't get the ball through the interceptions, it's different ways to create turnovers. So you know, we all we all that same mindset. I see it, I see it, I see it being put out on film. So, I mean, it's great, it's great. It's fun to play with. You were a rookie at one point. Yeah. Uh, Aiden O'Connell went out there in mm -hmm. his first go around. Yeah. Not a bad performance for right. a rookie. What were you guys thinking on the sideline? Oh, man, it was great, man, just to see the boys get out there. You know, the rookies be kind of nervous to start the games like this because they don't know what to expect. You know, try to stay in their ear, just tell them it's the same thing, man. You've been doing this since you was a little kid. So, I see, I seen the growth, seen them out there get comfortable. And, and play and playing like confident. So that's the biggest thing you want to see with rookies is play with confidence. You know, they're going to mess up. They're going to happen. But come back, play with confidence, and keep going. And that's positive. Raiders defensive back Duke Shelley right there following the game in the locker room. Uh, you heard cast of characters asking him questions and talking about turnovers quite a bit. I wish someone had followed up and been like, man, what were you thinking when that ball bounced out of your hands and into the, the arms of a, a, a tight end for the 49ers? Like, a lot of times when you don't get the interception, the ball will fall to the ground somehow, some way, right? If you don't just don't catch it, fine, it'll hit the ground. And I always say that the, the next play is usually going to be a bad play. Well, it wasn't the next play. It was the same play, right? He didn't get the ball, and the ball found the wrong hands, ended up in resulting in a touchdown for the 49ers. I wish someone had followed up and asked him what was going through his mind. Like, that's probably one of those I can't believe that just happened. But Duke Shelley right there, he was a the guy that early in training camp a lot of people were having high expectations about. 
asked many times, people asked me about him. What have you seen from Shelly? And I kept saying, nothing. Haven't seen anything. And then all of a sudden, the joint practices happen, and he starts coming up with interceptions in practice, and then he's making plays during the game as well. So it's good to hear from Duke Shelley. The competition at the cornerback position is really, really deep for the self and Black. So uh, good stuff right there. When we come back, we'll get into real or fake. Plus, we'll hear from Mad Max Crosby and Roderick Teamer as my man Chris Chapman had a chance to catch up with them. A little one-on-one action, but we will do reason or excuse when, uh, when we come back. My man Ari will take over the wheels of steel to make it happen. But before we get to any of that, want to do uh, caller number nine. Want to look for caller number nine, get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game. That's one, stop, one shot closer to the grand prize and the Lotus Summer of Fun. You want to have that five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including airfare to Miami, we got you. Or you could take $3,000 cash. It's up to you. But the first step is getting qualified for the four tickets to the Aviators game. So 702-365-9200. Call number nine. That's what I'm looking for. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, here we go. And, of course, got a shout-out Mark. Got himself qualified for the four tickets to an Aviators game. Is that Mark and Henderson? Uh, I, You know, I don't know everyone yet. He didn't say Mark and Henderson. I'm not going to put his last, uh, last name well, out God there like put that. his address out there, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just I believe his social security number. Right, right, right. Don't, no, hey, nobody I, else listen to this. <laughs> hang no, on, okay. everyone. Just avert your ears. Right. No, I believe it is a different Mark, but he is someone that is uh, it's a regular listener. And, of course, shout-out. He knows who he is, Mark, so congratulations. Well, shout-out to Mark. Shout-out to Mark and Henderson. Shout-out to everybody. Right, yeah, they're both. There yeah, there you go. All right. All kind of great Marks around There here. you go. Okay. Then not-so-fun stuff. On Twitter, one person said, quote, The Aiden O'Connell hype train has taken off. Hope you got on it in time before it left. And then uh, a reporter posted preseason debut stats of Derek Carr's side-by-side with Aiden's, uh, which... Very, there's a pretty good disparity. Like Aiden had an incredible preseason debut. Derek Carr did, did not quite as much as him, um, and it just, it's kind of making me feel like they're just trying to paint that picture. Automatically, it's been one game, and this the whole narrative that Aiden's gonna have a way better career than Derek Carr. He's second coming of whoever. I don't know. Right. It's week one in the preseason. I mean, he is great. We've been talking about him all day, but so. It was just brilliant to get rid of Carr because, hey, regardless of Jimmy G, the backup quarterback's debut already shows that he's just significantly better than Derek Carr. Reason or excuse? I mean, that's that's just – first of all, it sounds like a Levi Edwards slash Josh DeBow type <laughs> conversation. Uh, if you flip them backwards, yeah. That's well, uh... <laughs> Levi Edwards was the one that was probably saying about the Aiden O'Connell hype Correct. train. Wow, and Josh DeBow was probably doing the side-by-side stats because – Everyone knows how Josh DeBow feels about Derek Carr. But, look, at the end of the day, it was it was time for a break. Uh, regardless if you like the way that it happened or not, that's fine. That's your personal preference. Uh, I think everyone realized that it was time to, you know, see other people, right, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Derek needed to go and, and go somewhere else. I think he's in a good position in New Orleans to, to thrive and, and be the guy there, and, I, and I'm happy for him. And I think that the Raiders needed a little bit of breath of fresh air. I don't know if Aiden O'Connell is going to be that guy. I'm not going to judge him based off one preseason game. I like what I saw. Don't get me wrong. I also remember cheering for Derek Carr when he played that preseason game number four against the Seahawks, and I said, that's the guy. Give him the start. He was fantastic. That was me. I'm not talking about anybody else but me. So don't come after me. (laughs) I was the one pounding the table like, that's the guy, not the guy that you actually signed as a free agent to come in and play because he was not good, and that was him. He was Matt Schaub. He was not good. And I saw a lot of him when I was in Texas and he was still in Houston. I couldn't believe when they signed him to begin with. So 
I was pounding the table for DC to get to start when he played in that fourth preseason game, and as I know many members of Raider Nation uh, did as well. Now, with that being said, I'm not pounding the table for Aiden O'Connell to get the start. I think Jimmy G is a very capable quarterback as long as he's healthy. But I'll say this, based off what I saw on Sunday, if he has to play, I'm intrigued, right? You got me. You got me to watch. I do want – I mean, I don't watch anyway, but I want to see what he's got. I want to see what he's got this week against the Rams. I want to see what he's got in joint practice. I am more encouraged by what I saw because I didn't know. And that's – and I, I have no problem saying I didn't know something. We don't know everything. We try to know everything. We don't. So I'm learning about Aiden O'Connell as many people in Raider Nation are learning about Aiden O'Connell. If he does something really good like he did on Sunday – I'll give him his flowers. Hey, props to you. If he comes out on Saturday and looks terrible, I'll say, you know, wasn't too good. So who knows what it's going to be. There's a lot of different opinions on who and what he could be with the Raiders, and I'm okay with that. But as far as that little battle going back and forth, that's just an excuse to get on the, oh, by the way, let me kick Derek Carr while he's gone. Yep. Train. That's all that is. Yep. I thought so. All but right. then again, shout out to Josh DeBow. That's what he does. <laughs> For the record, we didn't discuss this either. Like who I that's why I specifically didn't even announce who it was from. And Oh, you I know guess, I'd be in those I Twitter streets, people, man. You know I'd be peeping everything on those Twitter streets. It's not just Twitter, it is you're right though. It's kind of what the, the like the perspective that people have, certain things. I mean, it's obviously familiarity, but like uh, with Adam Hill, for example, I like if you told me something or some of the questions the media asks, I'm sometimes I'm like, I bet that's an Adam question, and in a good way, like you start to notice what they focus on. Uh, so speaking of, uh, I guess we'll call him hyped up younger quarterbacks. <laughs> PFF Sam Monson, our good buddy, says Trey Lance needs playing time, and there's no pathway for him to get it. Sam says Lance has fewer career passes, an entire career, uh, fewer pass attempts than Geno Smith had in just last year and that he needs the kind of reps you can't get in a practice in the NFL. He also suggested that he should get a year or two starting for the XFL or the USFL before he would actually be, quote, NFL viable. Uh, and they put a couple stats up. Uh, another buddy of ours, Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback and current color analyst, responded on Twitter, or he could have just played his whole college career, right? It's not the NFL's job to get you ready for the NFL. Reason or excuse? No, I mean, that's that's a real reason. It's not the NFL. I mean, it's not college's job to get you ready for the NFL. I hate when I hear that from college coaches, though, because everybody's dream is to get to the NFL. Actually, Everyone wants to make it to the highest level. Go ahead. Sorry, just to, just to clarify, it, the quote Caleb said, it's not the NFL's job to get you ready for the NFL. Right, okay. Okay, so. And he just didn't play much in college, so he's more saying, like, that's on that's on Trey Lance, he's saying. For like, sure. should have. yeah. No, that, I mean, that, that's true. I mean, once you look, this is the thing. Once you get to the league, just like anything else, it's up to you to, to stick. So Trey Lance has got to do everything that Trey Lance could do to prove that he could be a quarterback, whatever he wants to be. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a backup? Is he going to be a bum? What is he going to be? But it's all up to him. It's like when you get drafted, and I've never been drafted, so I can't tell you, but when these guys get drafted, they didn't make it. I mean, Josh Jacobs didn't get drafted to a 10-year career. He got drafted to the Raiders. He has to turn that into whatever he wants it to be, a 10-year career or less or more or whatever the case may be. That's with everybody. You, you just have the opportunity, right? It's like when I got hired here. I didn't get hired here and I just made it for life. No, <laughs> I got hired here and now it's up to me to stick and, and, and prove why I got hired. That goes with anybody. That goes with you. That goes with years, DeMond. Yeah. That goes Right, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't reason. matter. Just because you get something doesn't mean that – you're, you're guaranteed that you're going to have it for as long as you want. You've got to go out there and prove it. So exactly. 
just like Aiden O'Connell had a really good debut, it doesn't stop there, right? He didn't all of a sudden guarantee himself to be in the NFL for 10, 15 years. No, he guaranteed that he has a chance to play this week. <laughs> That's what he guaranteed. <laughs> the, the NFL stands for not for long for a reason. Right. So, Trey Lance... Whenever you decide that you want to go to the league and you feel like you're ready for the league, that's fine. That's on you. But you have to make sure that you show why you're in the league once you get there. A lot of guys come into, into the pros with tons of talent, and it goes for nothing. right? I saw guy after guy after guy after guy get drafted out of Baylor, and they didn't do nothing in the league. right? I think Xavier Howard was the first one that really did something, and that was on the defensive side of thing. RG3, washed out. Corey Coleman, washed out. Bryce Petty, washed out, right? I mean, there's this guy after guy after guy. They were never NFL ready. They didn't understand the game, the speed of the game. They didn't understand concepts. I mean, there was so many things that they didn't understand, and so then they got washed out. RG3 does a fantastic job on ESPN, but I'm sure he probably wanted to do a fantastic job on the gridiron. just didn't happen. You got to be able to stick and, stick and stay. So that's all I got for, for that as far as – you know, reason or excuse, I mean, it's it's definitely a reason, right? The NFL, like Caleb Herring said, is not the NFL's job to get you prepared for the NFL. It's the NFL's job to put you in position to succeed, but you've got to go out there and take the tools. You know, you got to answer. you got to read the book. You know, you got, you, you got the answers to the test. You just got to you got to know, know what they are. Right. So yeah. there you go. You ain't got one more for me? I ain't got one more. All right. We're a little pressed for time, too. So. Oh, okay. So what do you want me to do? you want fly. me to take a break or go to Max Crosby? Let's, let's hit Max Crosby, and then we'll hit the break. All right. All right. There, there you, you go. go. That was reason or excuse. We still got National Day of the Day. I guess we're going to close out the show with that. My man Ari will come back with that. But uh, Max Crosby, he didn't play in the game on Sunday, obviously, but he was in the Raiders locker room, and our guy, Chris Chapman, had an opportunity to catch up with him. It's short but sweet. Here's Chris Chapman and Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room. Max, obviously, don't play today, but just what do you what do you look for from the guys in a game like today? Uh, yeah, you know, you, you see a lot of guys getting opportunities and, and, you know, trying to take advantage of them, and you you saw that today. A lot of guys up front getting after it. Um, I feel like as a team we played played really well collectively, so um, it's exciting to see. Who really stood out to you? There's a ton of guys. You know, I can't just name one. There's, you know, from offense, defense, I feel like everybody is out there playing with a purpose, and, uh, you, you know, that's why we went out there and did what we did. We see you on the sideline celebrating everything, everything the guys do. Just how big how big do you think that is for some of the younger guys to see a player like you out there really making them feel like they're part of the team? Yeah, you know, they are. You know, at the end of the day, we're all we're all a big family. So, uh, you know, it's a brotherhood. So we, at the end of the day, if I'm not going to be out there, I'm going to still be myself and just and try to get the guys going because, you know, I, just, I was in that situation when I was young. So it's like, you know, for me, I just try to bring, the, bring energy at, at all times and just, you know, bring as much support as I can. There you go, Max Crosby and Chris Chapman in the Raiders locker room following the game on Sunday. Before we take a quick break and come back and close out the show, we'll go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Just real quick, I know y'all are in the time. Hey, Q, I, I understand what you guys are saying about, um, man, you, you know, you supposed to be ready. That's the college's thing. But, man, there's a bunch of bomb quarterbacks in this league that just hold clipboards for 10, 15 years. You yep. know it and I know it, man. Yep. And the reason why I hate to bring up race is because they white dudes, man. I'm just, I just hate to say that, but it's the truth. There's a lot of black quarterbacks like RG. You brought up RG three. RG three should have still been in this league. He was better than most of these these guys that's holding the holding clipboards in the last ten, fifteen years. The quarterback position is different than any other position, you know. And my thing is, is that some of these guys that's holding clipboards shouldn't be in the league. 
some of these guys shouldn't, but they in the league because they know they know a coordinator or they know somebody, and that's just the truth, man. And people can say disagree or what, but it's the, it's the truth, and I'll let you go on that. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And I'll say this, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ride, you know, with the whole race thing. Uh, I understand what the you know what the it looks like as far as you know the the different. Uh, variety of, of quarterbacks that are out there. Most of the guys that are really good backups are guys that are just prepared and guys that are ready to play and guys that also accept minimal money. Uh, also, I mean, look, in RG3, in his, in his case, what was his biggest bugaboo? It's not that he couldn't play. It's because he couldn't stay healthy. And he'll tell you that. And he was a backup in, Lamar, in, in Baltimore to Lamar, and I asked him specifically. I got the, I got the sound. I asked him specifically how confident or how comfortable are you as a backup to Lamar Jackson? He said, I don't want to be a backup. I want to be a starting quarterback. So a team didn't pick him up to be the starting quarterback. I'm not just going to ride the race train. I get it. I do know that there's a lot of the buddy-buddy relationship, but the buddy-buddy relationship is in every walk of life, every business. It's a lot about who you know, not, not uh, what you know, right? So I understand what you're saying, but most of the backup quarterbacks across the league are guys that are ready to go in just in case they have to, but – aren't really needed. They get opportunities. A lot of them are high high draft picks, like a Sam Darnold right now. He's fighting for a second or third string in San Francisco. He was a number three overall pick. Trey Lance hasn't done anything. He's done absolutely nothing in the league except for be unavailable. So, I, like I said, I get what you're saying. I'm not going to start an argument, especially about race, because nobody's ever going to win that conversation. But there's a lot, if you look into the history of these backup quarterbacks, who they are and what they're making in particular. There was a time when Marcus Mariota was making a pretty penny in Las Vegas, and he did nothing but get injured. 449 is the time. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Lance looking over the middle. Pressure by the Raiders, and down goes Trey Lance. Two to three members of the silver and black there on the play. Isaiah Rochelle on the play brings him down. Lance sacked here. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Isaac Rochelle with the first quarter sack on Trey Lance. The Raiders had two sacks in the first three plays. They're backups going up against the 49ers, getting the Trey Lance early, set the tone, I felt, on defense. And then the Raiders offense with the run game and Aiden O'Connell going down, scoring a touchdown immediately. Zamir White punching it in. Really set the tone for the whole game on Sunday, in my opinion. And, again, I still have so many questions on who Trey Lance is or what they can even get for him, being, them being the San Francisco 49ers, if they were to try to trade him because he has shown absolutely nothing. But somebody will need him because he's a quarterback, and we all know how much quarterbacks are needed in the National Football League. But so far, so good from what I've seen from the Raiders in their defense. I'm hoping that they put together a couple days of really strong practice, physical practice, not – reckless when I talk about physicality want to see them get after it but at the same time want to see them stay healthy so you know that's something to look forward to tomorrow and Thursday Vinny will check in with us let us know how practice is going what he's seeing and what he's hearing we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels at some point we'll hear from some players at some point as well and then Saturday will be preseason action and uh, we look forward to that as well so uh, Ari real quick before we wrap up I hear the music I hear the I hear the, the, the song saying, Q, get up off of here. What's the national day of the day? This is just for you, sir. National Relaxation Day. What day is Slow that? Slow down and unwind. It's a day to focus on taking care of yourself and take a moment to relax. Man. What day is that going to be? 
I don't know, but make it happen. <laughs> I saw that. That thing blinged out of my eyes. Like, that's for Q. I got to get that one. <laughs> Tell him. Nah. At some point. I love the work, man. At some point, at some point, we'll get to slow down. But we ain't slowing down anytime soon. All right, fantastic work. Thanks so much. This has been another edition of Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.